your favourite film is awful. Hello and welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the show where we get other people's favourite films and defend them against negative reviews. However, we're not doing that today, and to explain what we're doing is going to be my great friend, Charlie. How you doing, Charlie? I'm good, my man. Uh, what we're doing today, ladies and gentlemen, is we are ranking our top 10 films of 2020, the the disastrous year that is 2020 we are going to rank the the very few movies that we that we saw last year and put them into a top 10 i am um, so excited for this though like top 10 of with charlie and luke because our lists are going to be completely different based on the fact yep. that there's no way on earth we were watching the same films in 2020 like there's no nope. no way but before we get into that we, we need like our preamble, our preamble, our, our getting to know each other conversation, which is more for the people than for us. Do you have any like honourable mentions or have you seen any films of 2021 that are worth noting? Uh, I haven't seen anything of 2021 yet, but I do have some honourable mentions okay, before we get okay. to our top 10. First of all, I want to give a shout out to um, the movie that surprised me the most this year. My favourite day at the cinema this year because of multiple reasons okay, um, it okay. was when things were normal it was, it was when for some reason every shop i went to in this supermarket i was in bef- supermarket in this shopping mall <laughs> i was okay. in before shopping i saw the mall. movie why was shopping mall yep. more appropriate than supermarket i don't know i don't know I'm not quite with it. It's quite late, all right? It's, it it's 2020, you know, I'm, it's, it's giving me flashbacks talking about all these uh, 2020 movies. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a great day I was having and particularly weird one because everyone behind the counter decided to have like a five to ten minute conversation with me about whatever was going on, including one man actually rapped to me and he worked in uh, he worked in the Levi shop and this was at Blue Water what? Shopping Centre for anyone who knows. Yeah, um, yeah, he yeah. just... He just decided to, uh, yeah, yeah. He basically, we started chatting. To, I started chatting to him, and then randomly he told me he was a rapper. And then he was like, "Do you want me to rap for you?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, go on." And <laughs> he just decided to rap for me. So I love an that. already fantastic day. And also, by the way, just to clarify, the person I saw it with was um, Matt from Full Fat Videos. So we were both there, and we both experienced this person rapping <laughs> to us. He was actually pretty good. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And then uh, we. Uh, went into the cinema to watch bad boys for life bad boys now for the life. reason why i would speak to this is because look guys i want to speak about this because here is a franchise here is the weirdest trilogy of all time because we have bad boys one which is you know a solid buddy cop movie michael bay it's like michael bay but you know michael bay hasn't like fully realized how much he can push michael bay quite yet um, so, so, Michael so Bay before Michael fun. Bay became like a verb that we could put onto other movies. Exactly, but then that's when the second one came out, and that's when he went full Michael Bay, <laughs> and that's when you get insane shots of like if you just watch the club scene alone, hmm. I, the shot, the angles, I don't, I will never understand to this day. <laughs> <laughs> where he just why he decides to put the camera where he does um but everything is just so epic and awesome anyway bad boys 2 you know it is what it is it's an insane movie um people love it some people love it some people hate it i enjoy both of these movies i grew up with these two films i think they're good fun 
don't take yourself too seriously. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are hilarious together. They're great. And then we get, you know, a long time, you know, since a kid, we really spoke about the third, the third Bad Boys movie. You know, and it was built boys. up for years and it it looked like it was never going to happen. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it just seemed to come out. <laughs> um, and that was last year, January 2020. Uh, Bad Boys for Life came out and I saw it and I was just expecting, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I, did, I wasn't expecting it to be good, if I'm honest with you. I thought they ruled them out now. They're a bit too old. <laughs> I, thought, I thought this is what it's going to be. But I ended up having probably the most fun I've had in the cinema in 2020. Because, I mean, that, there's not many experiences I had in 2020. Mm. Um, but in terms of pure fun, I'm not saying it's the best movie, obviously, because it's in my honourable mentions. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't even 10. make the top ten. Yeah, exactly. But it was it was good fun. And I know a lot of people a lot of people out there didn't really like it too much. But I just found it really fun. And I think I went in with such low expectations. I was not expecting to have such a good time. I thought that Martin Lawrence and Will Smith still had the chemistry they had back in the day. And I was laughing. The action was well shot it was thrilling it gave me everything i kind of wanted from a bad boys movie a, a third bad boys movie yeah. um and i'm not gonna lie i would i'd be happy with a fourth one if i was you just keep doing them i don't mind yeah, yeah. i thought it was bonkers i think it kind of captured it, it doesn't go quite as wit mad as two does of course because you have to be a special kind of human being to direct a movie like that and that is mr michael bay <laughs> <laughs> um who I still is still you got to think about this. This man still has was it like two or three movies in the Criterion Collection? I don't know, but anyway, but yeah, Bad Boys for Life is probably I'd ha- I had to mention it just because I had so much fun. So regardless of what you think of it, I had to put it in my mentions. Of course. Um, do you want me to go through the other two, or do you want to mention one of your honorable mentions? Uh, well, you said, how many do you have? Do you have two? I've or just three? got two more. Really, you've got two more, so the three total. Two more. Um, yes. In that case, I will give my. I have two honourable mentions and a film of 2021 that I've watched. So I'll say one of my honourable mentions and then I'll leave the... So we'll finish on my 2021 and then we'll go into the 2020s. That sounds good. Logic. So the first honourable mention that I want to give is The Birds of Prey and The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. I think that was the full title. Yes, I believe that That is the long ass title. So DC had moderate success with Wonder Woman until the end and Aquaman and till bits of it were less good but as a whole it's just madness and it's fucking great i think birds of prey is definitely amongst those top three dc films and from the beginning and like all the critical reviews everyone was like this is going to be garbage this is garbage and i watched it and was like nah this is lots of fun and i enjoy it and i want more of this from the dc eu i just thought it was a really fun package you know it wasn't... I just loved how much it embraced the uh, the the DC world of it. It didn't it did. shy from any of that, which I think sometimes they do. I mean, obviously, less so now that we have mm. like the Snyder stuff. But also, yeah, like... no, I've quite enjoyed. It. I understand that being an honorable mention. I guess. I mean, there mm. isn't much that's come out this year, so it's funny. It's interesting that I think we've both sort of mentioned, in my opinion, quite sort of average movies. Yeah. The fact that they're in our honorable mentions just tells you about yeah. the year itself was quite a difficult year for film. But yeah, but yeah. I also did love um, so Ewan McGregor's performance in it as Black Mask. Thought it was fucking great. It was, he was great. Black Mask, and also the fact that it it was a DC EU film that wasn't world-ending stakes. Like yes, if Harley Quinn and the gang failed, it's just they're they're dead. The end. <laughs> Rather than 
every other DCU film, which is like, oh, if the hero doesn't win, the world's fucked. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I so, like that about that. I liked how sort of small it was. Kept it... Yeah, it kept it grounded in a weird DCEU mush that isn't quite real and isn't quite good, but is acceptable for now. We'll see what Zack Snyder does with the the Justice League cut, because that's coming out soon. Very soon. Can't wait. That'll be interesting. Uh, <laughs> I also think margot robbie is at that point now just like she is harley quinn yeah like even just like in it i know she uh, you know depending on what you feel about her performances or depending on what you think of suicide squad and birds of prey i mean i I don't think anyone's saying that margot robbie isn't a great harley quinn uh, well yeah to the point where margot robbie is one of the few casting choices from the original suicide squad that's being transferred to the james gunn suicide squad because yeah, exactly. pe- like for whatever people's gripes are with that character they're accepting of her enough to be like no she's she's good enough we'll keep her around we'll and jai her. courtney which is interesting because i wasn't a massive jai courtney fan mm. and then i saw suicide squad which you know i thought was absolutely terrible but it was weird because it's weird that this can happen isn't it like, i wasn't a fan of J- jai courtney that much well i hadn't really seen him in too much to be fair that mm. i liked and then I watched a movie that I didn't like, Suicide Squad. <laughs> but then I remember thinking, you know what though? I could, he had potential. I was like, oh, yeah. he could have been, he could have been quite a fun character in it. And I like mm. that he's been brought into the, um, into the James Gunn one because uh, yeah. I did think he, you know, there was. And I think when you can shine like that in a movie that is that bad, <laughs> I don't usually say movies are bad. Like you know, what I'm like, I even though I'm on your favorite film was awful. Your favorite film like, was awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually say. I try not to, but yeah, that, I think everyone knows that. Um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I thought he was edited great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's your second honorable mention? My second honorable mention is Pixar's Onward. Oh. Okay. Um, yeah, which I really loved. Um, it actually made me tear up. When I watched it. I think I said that on the podcast before. Mm. I think I mentioned that I watched it. Um, yeah, I really like this movie. It was in my top 10. And then I recently watched a couple of movies that have now pushed it out. Which is a shame. But I, I really highly recommend this movie. I think it's really good. Um, I think it was quite a strong year for Pixar, actually. Um, mm. Now looking back. Um, and I think that... I think I spoke about it before on the podcast. But yeah, I just thought it was a really fun family movie. And I really liked how... It was, I don't know, about, I just like the idea of these, it was like this kind of D&D inspired adventure they went on in this weird kind of world that I quite liked the, I quite liked the, how it come about, I thought that was quite yeah. funny. Um, and I just liked the whole aspect of the older brother sort of wanting to hang out and play with the younger brother. He doesn't really want to, <laughs> like yeah. he doesn't really want to do it that much. He's like, not very cool sort of thing. Um which you know I can highly relate as uh, relate to as the older brother of. Um... Yeah, we're the. Are you the oldest sibling? Yeah, I'm the oldest. As yeah, well. and I'm the oldest sibling, so I 100 yeah. understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're both the big loser older brothers who want to play with the younger siblings, and they don't want to. <laughs> no, I'm a big no, success. Big. I have a I have a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fair. Um, no, I get that. Onward was great. It was a good film. Yeah, I really film. enjoyed it. Um, my second mention is Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh my god. <laughs> because, you know, okay, guys, guys, and gals, and folks, and everybody, right? Remember when that first Sonic the Hedgehog trailer came out, and those first posters, and we saw a short 
skinny blue man dressed up like Sonic, and he was far too muscular, and he had real teeth, and it was weird. <laughs> and then the fans were like, yo, no. And they listened. And yeah, that could have been a marketing scheme. Theories are abundant, conspiracies galore. But the fact is, they changed it, and it's a good film. And I do want to see the original cut of that movie with the horrifying Sonic. If anybody, like, looking directly at you guys... So many people just switched off right then. I don't care. If anybody (laughs) has access to the original Sonic the Hedgehog with muscular Sonic, just just let us know. I want to watch it. (laughs) But no, I thought it was a fun, like, family-friendly film based on the product. It was a great way to kickstart that franchise, because you know it's going to be a franchise. They're going to roll out all the movies they can. I was thinking, wow, it was, it was good times. It was good times had by me. I just didn't get a chance to see that, but I did hear that Jim Carrey was full Jim Carrey, and I did oh, need yeah. to see that. Uh, uh, it, he was great. There's some really good Jim Carrey bits. It's, like, it's good stuff. My third honourable mention is, you know, I was actually toying with this quite a lot. It, it was so close in my top ten. And I do kind of feel bad not putting it in, but the reason why I haven't is because, uh, well, let me tell you what the movie is. The movie that I've, the, you know, the honourable mention is Borat's subsequent movie film. Is that the full title? Yeah, um, it's something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Borat Two. Let's just call it Borat, Borat. Two. I I was a massive fan of the original Borat. My dad thinks it's the funniest movie that's ever graced the world he drinks it's hilarious he always likes to remind me that the ending is the funniest thing he's ever seen um <laughs> the funniest ending to a movie he always likes that um so yeah as a movie that i grew up you know really enjoying wasn't expecting that this quick turnaround of this sequel and i think the movie perfectly captures the trump era of america and in a weird way one of the reasons why i kind of took it out was kind of because it's kind of i don't want to say dated because that's the wrong word but because obviously now we now biden's in power and and stuff it kind of feels i don't know do you know what i'm trying to say like um, no i get it it's one of those that you wouldn't re-watch it now because it's not relevant anymore yes although it does perfectly capture that time yeah like the comedy's still hilarious. Like there's some I can't believe some of the scenes. I can't believe what they get some politicians mm. to do. Like it just completely exposes the issue um, in America issues in America right now. Um, and I was laughing the whole way through. It had no business being as good as what it was. It was great, but I can't. The reason why it didn't quite make my top ten is because after I watched it, I didn't quite think about it afterwards. Yeah. Like, I, I watched it, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think about it as much as I thought about some of these other movies that I still kind of think about. Yeah. So, for that, you know, it's a honorable mentions, but that doesn't mean it's not fantastic, and I recommend anyone you want, you like, loves the first Borat, I think this is a great sequel, mm. um, and I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that was, yeah. That, but that was a tough one for me to not leave out, because I did really like the movie. No, that's um, fair enough. Um, so the final film that I'm going to talk about before we get into our top 10 is the 2021 prime video film, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things, oh. which is a Groundhog Day teen romance film. 
and it's just real nice it's real lovely you've got all those like the fun gimmicky stuff of a guy that's weird that you said that yeah. isn't there another movie that come out last year that spoilers ahead is not in my top 10 because i didn't get a chance to watch it but i really wanted to and that was palm springs yes isn't that also like a romantic comedy that's like kind of time travel element i think so or like a repeat yeah repeat I, th- I think to it yeah i think it is a groundhog day-esque romance yeah, that's film. interesting yeah They're but this one is like so obviously like aimed at teens like, oh, okay. yeah, I, I, I think it was based on a short story it could have easily been based on a young adult book sort of thing and it's really nice it's i just thought it was very enjoyable it was it didn't take itself too seriously to the point where they refer to groundhog day multiple times because they know that that's what's going to be it's going to be referred to as because groundhog day is the time travel film i, I just thought it was very enjoyable it's not like mind-blowing but just thrown out there it's a, it's a i'd say it was above average film and i haven't watched many 2021 films yet so the map of tiny perfect things good times it's it's good is groundhog day time travel does it count as time travel um, well it's time it? loop so it's, time it's still loop, a time yeah i think it's, I it's story-based time manipulation yeah so i, so I, I guess, guess, I, it guess it fits, fits. Yeah, I guess. maybe i guess so. i don't know I think we're splitting I guess it kind of, It's playing with time, isn't it? So yeah. Top ten. Before we go into the top ten, though, I just yes. want to just want to let people know some of the big movies I haven't seen. Lots. Just a couple of the big movies. Yeah, not not that, but just a couple of the big ones that are in the conversation. Um, for example, I I know you might have seen a few, but I'm just going to say that I haven't. Um, I haven't seen The Five Bloods. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Nomadland. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen Malcolm and Marie. I've um, seen Malcolm and Marie. I haven't seen Greenland, which I know people were talking about. I haven't seen Greenland. And I think that's it in terms of things that people are talking about at the moment. Yeah. I might remember as we go along. But I'm sure people will message me saying, why wasn't this included? But it's yeah. probably because I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to attach myself to that statement as well. There's going yeah. to be a lot of films that I haven't seen, uh, that either of us haven't seen. Also, I'm going to add on a little thing purely for convenience. There's a lovely app. I'm sure we've mentioned it before called Letterboxd. Uh, And that's an American app. So that bases it on American release dates. And so there's going to be a couple of films that were released in 2019 in the US and then came over in 2020 that aren't going to be on my list because I just used the Letterboxd. Yes. So that's another reason it's not on the list. Fair. It happens. Um, I also haven't seen Never Really, Sometimes Always, which I know loads of people keep telling me to watch. Um, so I hadn't even heard of that film. Oh. <laughs> it's supposed to be good. I really want to see it. Right. Oh, also, if you've somehow managed to get this far into the episode without fully committing to just watching the whole thing, um, we're going to do our best to not spoil the films that we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, just so that you can watch them. This isn't our usual talk about a film to its death it's uh hey these are our favorite films of 2020 yes it's more just like uh here's our recommendations of movies that we like from 2020 you might have seen some of them you might not and hopefully there's a few that might you know make you want to go out and watch um and if that is the case please message us and say like if you enjoyed them or if you loved them Mm. i I mean i always love recommending people movies so oh yeah definitely put down in the comments if you watched any of these films because we said them uh and also 
put down what your top 10 of last year is. Put it down in the 100%. comments. 100%. Definitely do that in the comments. tweet us or Instagram us or just hit us up in one of the many forms you can. Audience interactions. It's good. We <laughs> want to hear from you. You want to hear from us. Hopefully, if you don't want to hear from us, we're still going to make this content because it's, it's <laughs> good fun. It's good fun and I enjoy it. Top 10. Charlie, what is number 10? Oh, okay. I'm starting off. Number 10. We have the you know the heir to one of my favorite filmmakers of all time in david cronenberg his son brandon cronenberg is now making movies and he made a movie that came out in 2020 called possessor possessor and i really enjoyed this movie it has its problems and i have my issues with it which maybe we can go in deeper into later maybe we'll see um but just to set it off, the premise essentially is it's set in the future and this lady who's like an assassin is brain implanted their brain. So their brain can be switched into a random citizen's brain and oh. they can then, so they can go inside the, the body of someone else okay. and then take out a target in that body and then leave and then that person's like essentially gets the blame yeah right but there's the our protagonist is has done it a few times and is starting to sort of have a bit of an identity crisis and but you know it's the classic has one more hit to left to do people are like not sure if this person should do it or not um because it's affecting her home life but what i particularly liked about it is that the last task that she's given to, to assassinate is she is set to kill sean bean which i don't know about you is hilarious because yeah. as we all know sean bean <laughs> gets killed in every movie so i think it's genius casting to cast sean bean as the last hit that this lady has to take i've probably butchered that a little bit but i think that that is the essential premise of the movie yeah. um there's obviously a lot more to it that I, I, I really don't want to spoil because I think it's a really fun, like, sci-fi horror thriller. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to see Brandon Cronenberg's influence from his dad of that kind of fleshy, like, gory, but not, like, do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, kind of mm. gross. Okay. Like it, the way they both look at the human body... And the way they show violence is like in such a gross way, but yeah, in the, and I mean that in the most comp, like the biggest compliment I could give, sort of thing. But he also has his own little style. Um, the previous movie he did before this was Antiviral, which I really enjoyed um, as well. Which is kind of like a, that was about in the near future, sort of people selling the illnesses of famous people. Yeah, um, and this one person like does it and sort of like starts to slowly sort of deteriorate because sort of thing it's it's really good i don't want to spoil that one as well it's it's an interesting movie very low budget but anyway yeah check that one out if you like this but um possessor it was the fact that it had all this sort of practical effects there's no real cgi in this movie that i can think of everything was done sort of practically or using camera techniques and i think you know i imagine that's intriguing a few people from if you know if you hear what the premise is about you think surely Mm. there's some sort of 
CGI in that. I do think it kind of loses itself. I think the p- structure is a bit weird in the middle. And I think it definitely it had potential to be probably like my favourite of the year, but it it's kind of the structurally a bit of a mess. Like the story okay. is great, um, and the characters are great, and it deals with some really interesting subjects like corporations sort of taking over and um, the loss, you know, and confusion in your identity and the brain implant it was a very 2020 movie like it's these new ideas it kind of let me feel it made me feel like this is where the next sort of sci-fi ideas are going like these brain implant you know this is the next thing that we're kind of pushing towards um so in that i really enjoyed it it was kind of difficult because i watched it in a room full of people that absolutely hated it <laughs> um so it's a movie that i need to rewatch. Um, yeah definitely uh so that's why it's my number 10 so far. But I really enjoyed it. I want to give it another rewatch to see how I truly feel about it. It's weird because I feel like this movie might not have made my top 10 in any other year. But I feel like this year there's not been that much. And I have, this is probably the least I've watched in a year since like 2009 in terms of films. Like I just don't, yeah. it's weird. In terms of movie that, movies that have yeah. come out, I've not seen a lot of movies for me personally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a. Wait, you've, been going definitely... through the, you've been going through the back catalogue and playing some Disney Skate Adventure. Like, you, your hands have been That's full. It. <laughs> it's true. Got to do that Disney Skate Adventure every night, you know. It's important, <laughs> important stuff. But yeah, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, I recommend it. It's not for everyone. But if you like horror and you like high concept sci-fi kind of ideas, this might be for you. Um, I really enjoyed it. I've probably not done it justice, Um speaking right now it's been a while since i watched it uh, i watched it like really early on yeah at the start of like lockdown i think um, i mean you've made me quite intrigued so i feel at the very least you've accomplished one success that's good it's at least uh you know it's at least worth checking out i think mm. even if it makes you feel horrible and <laughs> or whatever but it's a it's definitely a, a new vision out there a new not anything you've sort of seen before but that's my top 10. So my top 10 is Brandon Kronenberg's, Kronenberg's Possessor. Um, Matt, uh, Matt. I just called you Matt. Matt. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, Matt. Do you know what? I just live with this bastard. And I live with this bastard. I've got, I say his name all the time. You know, he's done you live with him. You Luke. do a podcast with him. I know. I know. <laughs> this, this podcast, I get so confused. There's so many. But Luke, what is your number 10 of 2020? Okay, so my number 10 is based on... Zach Sorbeck, do you remember a song in about 2013 called Clouds? Yes no. or no? No. no. Okay. Um, so if I'm remembering the chorus, it went, uh, and I'll go up, 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 but I'll fly a little higher, up in the clouds where the view's a little nicer. Ringing any bells? No, but continue. I will not. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Enjoy that. <laughs> Disney Plus has released a film called Clouds. It is about okay. said Zach Sorbeck, who died of cancer in 2013. Oh. And it's a biographical musical drama. And it's uh, based on a book by Zach's mum. And it's basically his life between 2012 when he finds out that the cancer comes back and 2013 when he dies and in that year 
he released the song Clouds and he became like this well-known worldwide superstar sort of thing. Like very small scale, but also big scale. Because like this is a US singer who was hitting the charts over here, I believe. I'm saying hitting the charts, but like I heard of this guy and I don't listen to popular music. So what's that about? But the fact it's so emotional. <laughs> like I was invested i was into it i think because i'd heard the song back in 2013 so it was like it's like seven years later and i'm watching a film based on a song from me seven years ago so it's transporting me back it was just really nice and it was really good it's a little slow it could have been a bit faster but i feel that's the issue with most biopics and it's just really nice it's really nice it's really good and that's my top 10 that's my my ten. That's it's my tenth place. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all of it. Or it's just all one of them. To, <laughs> one to ten. It's just clouds. <laughs> no, um, that's my ten. I just thought it was. It's just a really nice film. I feel like if you want to watch somebody make the most out of the time that they have left, but also like deal with such big issue, because he he puts on a brave face, but there's beats in this film where he is. He's not okay. He's not happy. He's not the happy chappy that you get to know at the beginning of the film mm. because he's going to die in a few months. Yeah. And it's just this, like, he's such a positive energy and this, like, good egg. And, and he's just got, like, this terrible hand of cards. And he, and he just does real good stuff. And, ah, oh, the ending, it's just, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. That's all I can say now. It's just, ah, oh, just the word, ah. Oh. <laughs> It sounds really, uh, like, sad, actually. It sounds like a good watch. It's, um, yeah, but there's enough, it's it's not wholly sad. It's just very, it's, it's, it's dealing with a kid with cancer. And he's a kid. He's like, he's under 20 years old. And he died of cancer. Ah. Yeah, that's, that's sad. It's like, it's really sad. immediately the premise is sad, but there's enough... Like he he's such a positive individual that you can't help but like be happy and get to like yeah, him. That sounds horrible. And that just hurts. That sounds... <laughs> yeah, that sounds. And it's just so I good. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, that's my ten. That's my. That 10 sounds place. rough, man. It that is. Sounds like I'd struggle to watch that. Nah. I'm a big soft. But that's the thing, because it's gonna like he gets you and he pulls you in and you're in for like the hug for the long haul and then like. It, the cancer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cancer. It's great. Damn. I loved it. It was a good time. I was, like, I'm, I, it's one of the few films that if I could cry, I would have cried watching it. You get me? I get you. Okay. Ah, uh, good If I times. could cry. So I'd be sobbing then. That's, that's what oh, saying. yeah, most likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, let's move on to happier times, potentially. Number nine. What do you got? What do you got for me, Charlie? Right, nine, number nine will probably be a quick one to talk okay. about because we have gone into much detail about it on the podcast uh, because my number nine is Remy Weeks, His House. I really enjoyed this movie uh, a lot. I mean, you can hear me talk about it for an hour, so I'm not going to say too much. Uh, you can hear both of us talk about it for an hour, yeah. so I'm not going to say too much. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's been a very strong year for some horror movies. I mean, the fact that my, you know, my number 10 and 9 are technically horror movies. You know, I really like this movie a lot. I mean, I go into detail with, you know, I kind of have issues with 
the ending but i think that the the choice of putting a social realism and a horror together was fantastic making the social realist aspect just as scary as the actual monster aspect i thought was brilliant all round great performances i think a really great um debut from every weeks and it was just nice to see a, you know a british horror movie with some that doesn't shy away from the sort of fantastical elements of the monster um i, I quite enjoyed that a lot um yeah do you reckon i should give a little premise of it even though we've talked about it before a little rundown for people uh you can if you if you want maybe like a like a baby one like a real short yeah essentially these uh this couple move uh from a war-torn uh south sudan to um england where they are put in a really crappy area in a really crappy house and they now have to try to fit in with the people that live there but no one sort of wants them there whilst this is going on a monster has seemed to have followed them Mm -hmm. from their past um that's what i'm sort of saying but yeah really fun movie the scares are terrifying (laughs) um scared the crap out of me some of it um but yeah yeah definitely recommend that one fair enough yep so number nine on my list is remy weeks his house luke what is your number nine of 2020 okay so my number nine um is so you know in 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 last year uh we we didn't get that big famous singing contest uh the one that they do in europe um oh my god eurovision so my number nine is eurovision song contest (laughs) the story of fire saga incredible i loved it it was great it was during first lockdown i was sat with my mum. Mum was reading the paper she put down the paper to continue watching this film like if if anything gets a recommendation that, that's how you know when when people are distracted by their phone they put down their phone to continue watching that's when you know it's a good film that's when you know but nah it's great will ferrell and rachel mcadams netflix just it all comes together as like this great comedy for a year where we didn't get eurovision it, it has everything you want it has singing it has comedy it has slapstick what what more can you want tell me tell me now charlie what more i don't know want? but i'm really sad i missed that one because i did want to watch it because i'll pretty much watch anything will farrell does <laughs> i think he's funny hilarious um i even went to see holmes and watson in the cinema <laughs> i also watched that film yeah. Um, what a film that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible but i can't say i didn't have a great time because i was just laughing at the fact that i could just tell that will farrell and john c Riley just didn't give a shit they were just having a great time but yeah okay eurovision now that you've put that in your top 10 i'm gonna definitely check that out because i actually forgot about that one uh, that came out quite early didn't it in the sort of yeah, that was uh, first lockdown. So Corona, yeah. March. So, yeah. March um, I remember planning to watch it when it first happened, but yeah, yeah. It's good times. It. Good times. But yeah, my number yeah. nine Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Charlie. Story of Fire Saga. Number eight. Well, I just have to quickly check. <laughs> I just quickly <laughs> check my number eight. Like I shouldn't know already <laughs> off the top of my head before this podcast. Oh, okay, number eight. Right, now number eight is a movie not many people maybe might have heard of. It was a small kind of movie that came out of, I believe, Sundance. Okay. I believe, might be wrong. 
But, you know, it, it got me with the genre, Luke, and that is a hangout movie, because you know I love a hangout movie. You do and love a was, hangout movie. I do love a hangout movie. And this is, uh, I believe it's Turner Ross and Bill Ross's Bloody Nose Empty Pockets. Oh, um, okay. Which is about a Las Vegas bar that is being shut down. And it's, it's, it's the last day at the bar as we spend time with the local alcoholics <laughs> that go into the bar. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, it's shot with like a documentary style. So it feels like you're watching a documentary, but it's all, it's scripted apparently. So it's all scripted, um, it seems, or, or at least like improvised and um, added. Um, there's only one actor in the movie. Um, the rest are all actual alcoholics from bars. <laughs> apparently oh okay. um, yeah um and the um yeah essentially i mean it's weird the way it's shot it's kind of like you see the cameraman and stuff like it's shot like a documentary almost um and like the sound is like like a documentary sound like you can hear everyone talking in the background as you're listening to important conversations that characters yeah. are having um so it might not be fair everyone like people might be like oh this is terribly made sort of thing but to me, I was like, this is genius. This is obviously their first movie. They've done it on a super low budget. And it's just about the alcoholics that, you know, li- essentially, like, live in this bar. <laughs> and they're kind of sad to see it leave in this kind of area that's being sort of shut down and replaced by chains, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. Uh, it kind of made me feel a bit existential. <laughs> it gets very existential. Um, it's if anyone has, you know dealt with alcoholics in their life or have family members or people close to them some of this will hit home because i think they really now exactly what people that struggle with alcohol addiction uh, are like and how they speak and their mannerisms and uh, i just really loved it for that i think it was really if it really like it was a really pure lens at like looking at that world i mean there was stuff that really there's a quote I think I put on my um, letterboxed when I gave my review from the movie that stayed with me to this day. And one of the characters who is like used to be an actor and he's talking to like one of the younger alcoholics who's there, who's like who's like a struggling musician. And uh, he's essentially homeless, this actor guy now. And he's old. And he says to him, like, they're both drunk. And he says to him, you got to keep up like, with your, your music. You got to do it. Don't, be, don't do what I do because there's nothing more boring than a guy that used to do things who doesn't do things anymore because he's in a bar yeah and that stuck with me that really just haunted me and i just really enjoyed it i think um i just loved hanging out with these different characters they all felt so real um and probably because they were a lot of them but yeah if you like hangout movies you know this is not it's not for everyone if you like like things like richard linklater slacker it's a lot like that and it's sort of low budget guerrilla style filmmaking of of it but um i really enjoyed it it really touched me i had a lot of fun um and it's only what like 90 i think it's like 80 90 minutes so definitely worth checking out yeah, bloody stuff. nose empty pockets mm, i like it i like it i mean i don't know if i like it i've not seen it but it sounds good <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah luke so what is your number eight my number eight is the trial of the chicago seven which is one of the movies i haven't i also haven't seen that come out <laughs> i forgot to mention fair enough um so for those at home that don't know it is about some 
anti-Vietnam protesters being charged with conspiracy and crossing the border with the intention to incite a riot. And it's it's really good. And oh, and also it has like a really great cast. Like straight out the bat, cast is amazing. The cast is amazing. Such a good cast. But then you get into the actual film, and it's these. So it, it's it's politics, and it's like a trial. But it's these different people who approach the same task differently. So they're all there being like, Vietnam is bad. Pull the soldiers out. But like the way they each handle how they express that like throughout the film uh sasha baron cohen's character is very much like a people person and he's like a bit of a hippie-esque character and he's like just out there and enjoying life and being like hey this is shit don't do it anymore whilst you've got eddie redmayne's character who is a like a student representative uh, and he's very like politics gotta do everything by the book but we want to do it by the law if the law lets us sort of thing and like his straight and narrow way versus this loosey-goosey way so you have this inner conflict within the group of people that are all in the same courtroom being charged against the state and so like ah it's really good and it's just ah as you go along you get to know these different perspectives and also, the judge is a dick. <laughs> okay. I don't want to get like, I I've I struck a very strong negative emotional reaction to the to you don't the, judge. the judge. Do you? <laughs> and the fact that he's a judge and is meant to be ruling what happens in this courtroom, and I don't like him. Well, that's whoa. It's not great. It's not great. <laughs> It's not great. That's a written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, that one, isn't it? Um, I believe so. He did... Yeah, he also wrote Steve Jobs. He wrote... Uh, yeah, 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 Network, Dawkins, yeah, yeah. West Wing, Newsroom. Um, yeah, so he's like... Yeah, I think it was originally drama written stuff. by Dorkin for Spielberg. Sorkin, Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. He's not the <laughs> Dorkin is hilarious, though. I love that. <laughs> Dorkin. Um, but yeah, so he, I think he wrote for Spielberg, but Spielberg had to drop out or oh, something. It was like it, it was interesting because I could see Spielberg doing that. Yeah, I could see. And that. then, ah, oh, some reason something happened. Spielberg dropped out. Sorkin jumped in. It's great. I think it was very well made. You get connected to these characters, and I didn't know the history of how all this would go down, so it was a mystery to me the what was going to happen. Yeah, I don't at know the much end. about it either. Exactly. So it will be a mystery for you too. Enjoy it. I do. Good luck. It. It, you do. It is making me think now. I'm not gonna lie. The whole time you were just speaking just then, all I could think about was if Aaron Sorkin was bullied when he was younger. Did people call him Dawkin? Hundred <laughs> percent. Children are cruel. <laughs> they are cruel. Okay. Number seven. What we got? What are we looking at? Oh my God! What's the time? Okay. Number seven. Number go. seven on my list is. I want to say the name right of the director, and I apologise if I say it wrong, but it's Emerald Fennel, I believe. Okay. Emerald Emerald Fennel, promising young woman. Um, you might recognise Emerald that, that title's name from. No, I recognise the title. Writing but... season two of Killing Eve. Oh. Um, 
I yeah. like Killing Eve. I've watched yes. that. <laughs> well, if you like that, I think you'll enjoy this. Um, this is a very 2020 movie. Um, this is essentially about a lady played by um, Carrie Mulligan. I can't believe I just forgot the character's name. I'm useless. And I, I remember the Carrie Mulligan. Um, essentially, she goes to um, bars. She pretends like she's really drunk. And she sees what sort of men come up to her. And she goes home with them. And then she still pretends to be drunk and fall asleep on their sofa. And if they still try it with her when she's really drunk, she stitches them up. Or something. Oh. I don't want to say too much, but interesting. That's essentially the premise. Um, I don't want to give away too much because I think it's best not knowing anything. Mm. Well, best to know as little as possible. Um, I really like this movie. I think this is like a new voice. I loved that this could pretty much only be directed by a woman. It was completely from a woman's perspective. Um, it also had a very like, uh, like the style of it felt it reminded me a lot of like heathers in terms mm -hmm. of it's like really like colorful and pretty looking yet there's this like underlining level of violence underneath if that makes sense like this dark stuff that's going on um, okay i really enjoyed it. it also has bo berman is also in it oh um, okay he's like uh yeah uh he's like the second starring i guess in it it's hard because I don't want to... It's difficult. I don't want to talk about it too much because I think everyone should go out and watch this one. I really enjoyed it. I think it's mm. very, um, like I said, 2020, very post-Me Too era. Um, I think that it has, you know, it's tough. I've got, like, a couple of things that I'm like, I feel like it could have done a little bit better, but, I, 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 but that's, they're so small that I had such a blast of it. I didn't really know where it was going. Um, and it, it, there's been a long time since I've sort of felt like that, um, with like an original movie. Um, but yeah, I thought this movie is really good. It's got a really cool style to it. Great soundtrack. Um, Carrie Mulligan's fantastic. She's always great. Bo Berman's brilliant. And I need to say this. I, I think people have spoken about this online, but every single man cast in this movie is absolutely perfect for the character they're playing. Like, okay. you'll know what I mean when you watch it. They, they are so perfectly cast that they look exactly like how those people are in real life. Mm. Like, exactly. Um, yeah, spot on casting. Um, whoever the casting director was on that movie deserves a raise. Someone give that person some money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really good fun. It could have been high up on my list, but then I started thinking about some things in it that I don't want to go into too much. But um, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's uh, an important movie to watch from 2020. Luke, what is your number seven? Okay. Well, looking at the time, but also looking at my list, I'm going to be quick, pretty short with this one. Um, so yeah. this is a, a lovely little film. It's a, it's a British horror film. It is about uh, two South Sudan refugees struggling <laughs> to adjust to their new life in England, uh, but they're being haunted by their past. Uh, and that, of course, is his house. Brilliant. Just stole yeah. my premise. <laughs> oh, my, I've got it written down here. <laughs> I, I was ready. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I thought, as, as I said in that, the episode that we did, the ending is hit or miss for me. The monster is great in certain aspects 
But yeah, his house, number seven. I thought it was overall, it was a good package. And if you want to hear us go into more detail, you can find us on YouTube, which you're probably watching us on now, uh, at Your Favorite Film Is Awful, where (laughs) we go into his house on the episode, Is His House Awful? Just a... Just exactly. There, just, just to plug our own just thing within our thing. Shamelessly plug whilst doing it, yeah. <laughs> Plugception. Yeah. What cool. is your number six? Number six. We have to check again. Oh my God. <laughs> because... How have you not known this list? No, it's true. Because I, I had to turn things around and mix them up mm. and I couldn't decide my positions. until. That now. is fair. It took me the better part of an hour to get six to one in an order. Yes, and I'm yeah. still not 100% sure if I'm happy with this order. Yeah. But number right, six ahead. for me is Pixar's Soul. Hey! Um, I really like Soul a lot, and it really connected with me. Um, again, we've done this one on the podcast, so if you want to hear us go into more detail, you can check us out on his Is Soul <laughs> Awful? <laughs> but, um, yeah, Soul's a great movie. Um, I mean, I'll give a little quick premise. It's essentially about a... Uh, musician who finally gets his big break um when all of a sudden he dies and he now goes to a different uh a world what, what's the world called again it's called like i let's don't just say it's he essentially like goes before. to heaven the before yeah. or something he essentially yeah. goes to heaven essentially some sort of version of that well it's not um, because yeah well, not they, heaven they, it's like yeah they clarify that it's not because he's put on the the escalator to go into the afterlife and he jumps off that into the place that souls are made Yes, essentially, before we join Earth, there's like these souls here that have to find their inspiration and their purpose, essentially, kind of, um, before they um, go to the real world. Um, And, yeah, Jamie Foxx's character... I'm doing a terrible job. You would have thought for a guy that did an hour-long podcast on this, he'd have more to say or be able to say the premise properly. But no, he can't. Um, Essentially, basically, he wants to go return back to his normal body on Earth um, by helping another soul find their their soul, essentially, uh, so they can join Earth. Um, Yeah, that's essentially the movie, but it's very existential. It's great. Um, I think it's one of Pixar's best movies in a while. I really enjoyed it. Um yeah like i said we've gone into this quite a bit on the on the other podcast but yeah really 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 love that movie um hit me in the feels i enjoyed it a lot so my number six is a, a, uh, is a film <laughs> which is a good start isn't it's it? a film it's a film oh that is a good start it, it is yep. a film uh it is a film and, and i've written like a quick note on the synopsis it is a film with time manipulation a secret agent must stop the end of the world. Uh, so uh, what, what, what film has time manipulation about a secret agent that needs to uh, stop the end of the world? Does it have time inversion, would you say? Like... Yeah, it does. And that is, it's Tenet. <laughs> yeah, which we talked about. This is purely coincidence that three films on the trot are films that we have talked about I on know. the podcast. That is crazy. I can't believe it. Is His House oh, is Awful? God. Is Soul Awful? Is Tenet Awful? <laughs> um, and the reason it's sixth is because of what I said near the end. I liked the film, but I had a very specific opinion of the film, which we disagreed on. 
and I won't I won't tell you what that was because I want you to to watch that other episode <laughs> or at the very least click on that episode and skip to the end where we do our reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought it was it was good enough to be on the sixth. It was one of the few like big films that was released in 2020, and it it, it deserved to be on a on my top ten list. It, it deserved it. It deserved it. No. But forget about it. It's gone now. Cause, Cause, guess what? Now we're getting into top five, and when we get into top five, nobody cares about top ten anymore. It's all it's about true. the top five. This so, ring is juicy. This is where we, we split hairs, and we probably have a fight within a time limit that is acceptable, but also far exceeds whatever I wanted it to be. <laughs> Number five, Charlie. What is it? Five is another horror movie. Okay. Another horror movie from 2020. There is a lot of horror movies. That good horror movies. Yeah, that's quite a few already. And there's a couple I missed as well. Um, but this is Saint Maud. Saint Maud. I watched Saint Maud. You did? Yeah, nice. I thought. Okay, okay. Tell, tell, tell us what it was about and your feelings. Go. I loved Saint Maud. I was freaked out from this movie from start to finish. The whole thing made me curl up inside. Like it's really good. Well, first of all, I'll give you the premise. The premise is essentially about a um, a carer who's very religious, a Christian, I believe, who gets this new person to care for, um, and is getting very frustrated with the fact that she can't seem to fix her problem because she's mm. dying of cancer, I believe. Um, I think so. Yeah, some life-threatening illness. Yes, some life-threatening illness. And um, she gets more and more frustrated with herself because <laughs> with her religion. It's a very difficult movie to talk about, isn't it? Do you not think, yeah. in terms of its premise? Um, and she slowly, I guess, starts to lose her mind in the process. Um, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, you know, you deserve <laughs> to go in... It is, you deserve to go in knowing Diddly Squat... Yeah, it will, it's it's great, and it really plays on things that everyone can sort of feel was experienced, like mm. in terms of like the horror or the squeamish moments play on things like someone picking a scab yeah. or like stepping on something sharp. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. all these things that everyone's kind of... Everyone's stepped on a bit of Lego before. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone knows how painful that is. Well, imagine something really sharp, you know? So it's, it's, it plays on those aspects and makes you feel really, like, oh, squeamish. And um, I thought it was just a great character study. Um, and it really puts you in the mind of the, the protagonist. Um, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. I thought it was fantastic. It could have... I feel like these next five movies could you know you could change them around um essentially um mm. but yeah saint maud yeah my number five i i will spoil that saint maud isn't on my top 10 but i feel like okay. if i'd given it another watch it would have been in my top 10 yeah like i, get I could see that happening sort of thing definitely yeah. my turn my fifth place winner you don't win at fifth place good good try <laughs> well done but no is a south korean dystopian action thriller called time to hunt now have you seen a heist film have you seen a buddy's film have you seen a 
Terminator film, but not not quite Terminator film, but like like a, a Terminator light film. Put them all together, <laughs> and that is time to hunt. It mm. is a group plan and execute a heist, and then they get hunted by an assassin and it's great and it's full of action and it's like this character uh, there's enough character for you to go in for that and then there's so much just testosterone fueled action that you're just like oh mate i get these characters but oh shit look at that explosion ah it's a great time (laughs) (laughs) incredible what a good I, way uh, of explaining it, Luke. I just, look at that explosion! <laughs> look at that explosion! But nah, the assassin does some <laughs> mad shit that no person be- should be able to survive. It's just, ah, oh, it's great. I was fully on board. And yeah, that that's my number five. Some people will be asking... This is why... what I love. I, I just love the way we both, like, cr- review things. Like, it's like... Me, I'm trying to be like, oh, like, oh, it's a, it's a deep oh, yeah. character. You're definitely study. like, and you're like, it's got action, it's got explosions. What more do you what need? More do you want? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there is definitely like a. You can tell which of us went to a film school, I love it. <laughs> and which of us was like, hey, let's watch movies and do a bit of acting. But it's great. That's no. what I think the dynamic is. That's what I like about. Ah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's so good. Yeah, I don't know why I f- prefer this to Tenet. Like just just enough to put it above Tenet in this list, but I do. I think it's it accepts what it is more for me, and I love it. It's so good. It's so good. I kind of want to watch it now. Can we just can we wrap this up so I can watch Time to Hunt again? <laughs> well, it's funny because I actually tried to squeeze it in before this podcast. You I did. actually tried to watch it because I did remember you mentioning it, so I was like. I knew that it was kind of in your top ten. I didn't know where it was, mm. um, and I was curious because I was like, I, I, I hadn't heard of it, and I was like, I haven't actually seen really any foreign language movies mm. this year. I was like, this is really bad. Like usually I see like a few. Um, like I tried to watch, with, but I, like I said, I've been really bad on what yeah. to say this year, last year, twenty twenty. Um, I've been really bad on that. So I did try to squeeze it in. I did enjoy what I saw. I do have my qualms. Oh yeah, it's say, not a perfect but, movie. Yeah, by any stretch. But... but I understand why you why you you enjoy it. I can mm. I, it. I kind of it, parts of it feel like I think where, where it's its strength is when parts of it feel like you're watching John Wick from the victim's perspective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, at some parts, like yeah, yeah, no, there are some parts where you're just like, what the fuck? How are they going to survive? Yeah, yeah it's great. Exactly. I loved it. It was yeah. It's just a barrel of fun. It's not amazing. But it's it's for the year we got. That's definitely a highlight, and that and it deserves. And it's your points. personal top ten. And it's my person, me. Fight me, exactly. don't fight me. I will lose. But hey. <laughs> number four, what's your what's the fourth place? What just missed right, out number on podium? Four, number four is a movie I'm dying, I'm itching to talk about, particularly okay. to you, Luke, because I think you're gonna like it. Oh. And, if, <laughs> and I want to hear you talk about it. On another podcast, if you do watch it, just want to see what you think. I okay. mean, say I say all this, and you'll probably be like, "No, nah, I'm not watching it." <laughs> um, so this is, I believe, Jim Cummings' second directorial debut. Uh, debut. How can you have a second directorial debut? Second movie, <laughs> second second movie that he's directed and written. Um, 
I believe. He's definitely directed it. I'm pretty sure he wrote it as well. Uh, if you saw the movie Thunder Road, which I recommend, just for it, it's a low-budget movie about a cop struggling to deal with his divorce and his career at the same time. Um, it's a really good movie. There's a short film that I saw in... I was on like a university trip to Paris and we went to like one of the film festivals there and it played and it was the only movie I saw at the festival that I remembered pretty much oh. where I was like this is good the others were fair enough were the best um, and everyone was laughing it was very funny um, and then he because that short film did so well he got the chance to make the feature of that and it was great really like Thunder Road really pulls at the heartstrings but I think he might have topped it I think he might have topped it with his new Ooh. movie okay. The Wolf of Snow Hollow now this is a film about a sheriff <laughs> who has anger management problems and he is an alcoholic and he is <laughs> multiple women in this town are being killed by some sort of killer out there that has been leaving like paw prints oh so everyone in the town believes it's a werewolf and he's like what are you talking about like everything like it's it's clearly a werewolf right mm. and this guy refuses <laughs> refuses to believe that it's a werewolf meanwhile you know his dad who's the he was the sheriff before um played by robert forster in unfortunately he's you know last role um before he passed away last year um where which is really weird that this is his last role because the character he plays is like suffering with like old age essentially um so it's, it's <laughs> ah, interesting yes. suffering yeah, with old quite, age <laughs> no but you know what i mean like with uh like uh i think it's like yeah Alzheimer's, dementia i think uh, i think Alzheimer's, dementia dementia, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah i'm not quite sure of the definition between two okay um but yeah, um, definitely something uh, like that. Um, so he's dealing with that. He's also dealing with the fact that his daughter doesn't... He's trying to make a relationship... His daughter is a bit... He's not doing... How can I put it? It's like on the edge. They're not doing so well. The fa Their father-daughter relationship isn't doing so well. And meanwhile, he's got the whole town moaning him. Why haven't you caught this 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 killer that is clearly a werewolf? And he's like, <laughs> it's not a bloody werewolf. <laughs> These don't exist, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a fantastic movie i loved it so much um it's got it's very low budget but it's not very low budget it's like the budget that it has i feel like he made the most out of what the budget he was given he's a very resourceful filmmaker um okay. and he's if you follow him on twitter he's all about like using what you have mm. and doing things on a low budget um and he's always encouraging young filmmakers to like just go out there and film and use what you have and he's a very inspiration inspirational person to follow so i'd definitely follow him if you're a fellow filmmaker out there um but yeah the wolf of snow hollow um the techniques it's an 80 minute movie as well it's funny it's scary it's sad it's it was everything i wanted i, I was not expecting i mean it might not be in everyone's top 10 of the year people might put it as an average movie or whatever but I absolutely loved it. I think it was great. Um, it sent me on a roller coaster ride. The characters are brilliant. Um, there's a genuine mystery on what it, it what like what is going on. Um, I, it's really annoying because I don't want to say too much. Um, yeah. 
but it is a it, let's just say it's a full out werewolf movie without saying too much like it's a it's it's great mm, um mm. it's really okay. really fun and i think you'll really enjoy it luke um i had a really good time with it um yeah so number four the wolf of snow hollow highly 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 recommend this one because i think the other movies on my list people have probably seen or they've already been spoken about loads whereas this hasn't really been spoken about that much because uh, yeah. it's kind of a low budget genre movie um which people don't really talk about and you know you're not going to hear about it at any of the awards um ceremonies so right. please go out and watch this movie and if you do and you like it please tell me um i'd love to hear about it but yeah i think that's a good enough synopsis of that film um but yeah that's my number for the wolf of snow hollow of 2020 nice i yeah no i'm i'm interested you got me intrigued you, you have both my interest and attention so good job <laughs> cool right my number four hey, hey you know earth you, you know how earth is is, fucked? is this what you're doing all these, these all the movies i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. summarize a little bit and then i'll tell you um now nah, i'm gonna tell you what it is you know david Attenborough. have yep. you seen the film david Attenborough: a life on our planet i have and i do you know what i don't know why i didn't think of the documentary the documentaries like that that i've watched i forgot but yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed that yeah no um so for those that don't know it's serves as a witness statement from sir david attenborough over his career from 1950s to like speculations of the future and it's so weird because it just shows how much effect humans have had on the environment and how much we've destroyed it yep like to the point where the current speculation is that within our lifetime so me and you charlie we're going to be old by then but within our lifetime yeah. earth could end yeah S scary as hell what <laughs> yeah i just it was so great it was it was just really like showed you his how his life with nature has transpired and how like throughout it you get like little chapters sort of things when it goes between the different decades and the different years and it just shows you how much like wildlife has shrank and how much forests have shrank because we've colonized more and we've just dominated the earth and destroyed it because we're, we're kind of parasitic we're, we're a little bit parasites aren't we humans we're great <laughs> we're evolvers we do what we want we adapt we don't evolve but you have that, to say that, it like agent smith though <laughs> God. Ooh, disease. Oh, a disease. A virus. <laughs> a virus. Oh, <laughs> and, and so many years later, he's still fucking telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, that's my number four. I. It's very eye-opening. It's very much like, hey, <laughs> we might die. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good shout. I enjoyed that. That scared the yeah. fucking life out of me when I watched that. <laughs> so it should um, and the people yeah. need to watch it and also be scared because yeah. it's gonna happen we're gonna get fucked yep. it's it, it's so weird that these pandemics pandemic i've done it again pandemics pandemics <laughs> have been like the best thing to happen to nature for fucking years <laughs> and it took humans staying at home for nearly a year to like fix nature a little bit so bizarre 
Crazy. But hey, that's number four. That can now sod off. All of it can sod off. Because where are mm. we now, Charlie? Where are we? We're in the We're top at podium. Three. We're at top three. This is it. This is bronze, silver, gold. What is it? What has gotten bronze? You tell me now. Bronze. My bronze is another horror movie. <laughs> yeah. It's another horror movie. <laughs> so it's many Lee Winnell's. Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. Oh, the like, Invisible this Man. This movie was fantastic. I First of all, if you haven't seen Upgrade, Lee Winnell's movie before this, mm. check, that, check that out. It is a great little sci-fi, low-budget sci-fi action movie. Mm. And he comes along and he turns the Invisible Man, a, a character that has never really had many strong movies made about, um, out of all of the monsters, you know, the Frankenstein, Dracula, they've all had, you know, they've had their their great movies, you know, mm. and a couple of them. Whereas poor Mr. Invisible Man, you know, yeah, he's a far and few between. But I'm going to say it right now, right here on the podcast. This is the best Invisible Man movie, okay? That I have seen anyway, all right? Before you start going, I know you, I know you loved your Hollow Man or whatever it was. I haven't seen it, right? But the Invisible Man by Lee Bonnell was fantastic it there is moments in the film that well first of all I got to see it in the cinema which was fantastic there are moments in the film that generally I had no idea where it was going I, I thought the whole concept itself was genius the way the horror was like filmed was terrifying like the fact that you know if someone you know I don't know I don't know if people know the premise of the movie essentially a uh uh, a woman flees her rich, controlling boyfriend's uh, abusive mansion. Grasp. <laughs> yeah. yeah, abusive grasp. Um, and she later finds out that he has uh, passed away, um, but he somehow is now teasing her from the dead, essentially. Um, he's come back as an invisible man. Obviously, there's that's not the explanation for it. Watch yeah. it. But um, uh, it's... Uh, fantastic it's great it's a great metaphor for like abusive relationships um the yeah just the, the horror is is brilliant um elizabeth is it, is it elizabeth moss i think so but i'm not great with names yeah um she is fantastic in this film like because a lot of the movie revolves around her being scared of nothing um <laughs> so and, and she is really really good um yeah, all round, really fun movie. The action's there's some the action in it's great. Mm. It's so well shot. I mean, I couldn't, I, I could go on forever. I was just surprised about how good this film was. Um, I had an absolute blast. So, The Invisible Man. If you haven't seen it yet, you need to see it. It's great. I can understand what you're saying. I don't fundamentally agree with everything you're saying, but I understand what you're saying. This is you understand my thinking. Your podium, not my podium. I understand. Yeah, it's my bronze medal. I acknowledge. I accept. <laughs> my turn. My bronze medal. Goes. What's your bronze medal? My bronze medal goes to the South Korean thriller. It's called a thriller, but I think that there's enough horror elements in it for it to be a horror thriller at the very least. And that is The Call, which is the 2020 Netflix version. Upon my research, it is based on the 
2011 The Caller. And it's about a woman. She loses her phone on the train. She goes back to her family house. It's empty. It's just her there. She plugs in an old phone that the family used to have. And it starts receiving calls from the past. And the person in the past turns into a fucking nutter. (laughs) That sounds cool. It is so good. There are like... I didn't know it was based on the 2011 The Caller, and I was getting... Uh, have you seen Frequency? No. no. Okay. There is a film called Frequency that exists. I was getting very light Looper vibes, where okay. little things were happening in the past that were affecting the present. The, the Some people who were there at the beginning of the film get unwritten from the history books for example (laughs) which is just god it was so good i was ready ah it's so good it was great it's very well done it's very well acted the story is very well done they don't explain why it happens very groundhog day-esque they just don't explain why why it's a thing it just is a thing and it works, and it's very well executed, in my opinion. And I just enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, after I found out it was based on the 2011 The Caller, I had a quick check of like the trailer for The Caller, and in the comments they were saying that this is a better version. like it, It's a remake that succeeds the predecessor. It's just so good. It's just very well, it's very well made. It's a great little, little yeah, thriller, horror film. I was invested. I'm always invested in these films, apparently. Why am I invested? I didn't ever think I'm invested. Because you like them. I'm invested. And then you're top ten. But they're in my top ten. That's bronze. That's bronze, baby. We go. Now, so now we've got silver, silver and gold. Silver and gold. gold. Silver. We've gone for a long time to about a top ten. Probably. We have. We've we're gone close, we're so close to the end now. Right. Second right. place. What is it? Second place, David Fincher's Mank. Written by his dad, uh, Jack Fincher about the um, writer of Citizen Kane and um, how he deals with how he wrote it essentially in his his work process with um, Orson Welles and um, how he was kind of like a I don't know if that's the right word to use like a not an anarchist but like a a renegade I guess yeah of the industry in a time where you know no one questioned anyone because of the power they held this Mm. was a man that sort of stood out um and i think what i like about this movie so much is it's about a guy you know who's never mind he never sort of minded being in the shadow being the writer and having other people get the credit for his amazing writing um but for some reason, with this picture, which happens to end up being obviously the great one of the greatest movies of all time, um, he wants his credit, and there is problems that come with that. And it's about the man's life and dealing with his his um, alcoholism and you know and the conflicts he has with the people in the industry. It's an ode to the old style of filmmaking of structuring stories it's uh, everything i loved as a film fan and a filmmaker i i absolutely adored this movie fincher just never puts a foot wrong um 
and he does it in this movie. I think it's a great, incredible character study, and uh, it might not be for everyone. Um, it's kind of a shame it kind of didn't get spoken about too much, but I think it's because it's like a black and white movie shot in the style of a 30s, 40s um, film noir. So mm. um, it's not for everyone, but I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant, and um, yeah. I don't know what yeah. more I can say. Uh, we haven't got much more time on the clock, but David Fincher's Mank, Silver Place, number two. Silver Place. Could have taken to... number one. Could have taken number one, but there is a reason why it's not number one. And I will get into that when I say my number one. Okay. Luke, I'm ready. Okay. what is your silver medal? What my silver two? medal. In, in, in typical Luke fashion, <laughs> my silver medal goes to a computer animated musical fantasy family film and that's over the moon over the moon okay. over the moon i know it was a great little movie it is uh, so it's american chinese produced film it's a girl that gets told this um chinese legend about a moon goddess and a hunt her hunter lover and she connects to that story and connects to her parents and then her mum dies damn and then it time skips and her dad has found a new person to love and dote upon and, and a stepmother if you will but of course our ma- our protagonist is still like hey but mum and the legend is about true love and so it's ah, so, sh- so she goes to the moon to see the moon goddess and it deals with loss of a loved one and it's about being a like learning to move on but it but but not like move on and forget it's move on and accept it's it's just very well done and it's it's got some musical numbers that were very enjoyable and a couple of songs were a little overplayed but i i I gave it a pass because overall the message is just so like in the fields and you're just watching it and you're like yes this is good this is what we need kids to watch it's hey people die (laughs) it's shit but live life is good don't be too depressed oh that sounds it's it sounds really sweet it is so sweet it's great it's so good but it can go away now. It can sort off. None of the other films matter for today. Okay, before we get into it, you may be in the same boat, but I just want to say this outright and clear. This top one is top one for today. <laughs> yes. 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 In another, in another day, in another mood, the list could have changed. But this is this takes gold today. Charlie, what takes gold for you? Top film of 2020. Go. Look, guys, I am sorry to disappoint. I am sorry that this might be considered a boring choice to a lot of people out there. But I can't help the way it affected me. And that is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And I know what you're thinking. (laughs) I knew it. I was waiting for it to be on the list. (laughs) And I know what you're thinking. Here we go, another little film bro who's loving off Mr. Nolan, right? That's not the case. I mean, don't get me wrong, I do love Mr. Nolan, of course I do, right? But for me, 
you know, this was the best experience I had in the cinema in terms of this is everything I want from a movie. The scale of it, it made me, you know, it made my imagination run wild. It gave me some great characters. I, I just everything about it, I just, and nothing I'd seen before. And it was a truly original blockbuster, which we just don't, just, they're very far and few between anymore. Do you know what I mean? We don't get them anymore. Um, but not only that, and the reason, you know, Mank could have easily been my number one, but the but the the, the decider for me was one, the amount of times I went to see Tenet. <laughs> Two, the sheer sort of love for filmmaking that I got from it. And obviously I got that from Mank, because it's about that. It's a love for the film industry. It's his hoe to Hollywood. It's Finch's hoe to Hollywood. But Tenet just used just simple camera well not simple but camera in camera techniques that you know there wasn't particularly much cgi it was just pure filmmaking and on a grand scale every penny was seen on screen um and it just it completely inspired me as a as a as a film fan as a filmmaker it just really made me it just wanted me to go out there and make my own film um and i for that i have to give it my number one spot i just had to i mean regardless what you think of the movie people are probably thinking you know what's this charlie come on is it because it's the only big one you know (laughs) come out is that why um is it because it's the only one you got to see in the cinema (laughs) um no it's not because i actually saw mank in the cinema just before um i saw that the prince charles when it came out um, for a very short period um but yeah Christopher Dunn's talent blew me away. Ludwig Göransson's score is phenomenal. I mean, we did a whole podcast on it. Luke's already mentioned it already, but people, you know, it no. is what it is. Christopher Dunn's talent is my number one. It'd be the movie that I'll be thinking about the most probably from this year. So there we go. Luke. Fair enough. What is your gold place, mate? Your gold place. Favourite film of 2020. Right. So... Hubie Halloween, a... huh? Sorry, is it Hubie? Is it Hubie Halloween? Is that what it's, it's called? Hubie Halloween. You, know the... you got me. Yeah, the, the the Adam Sandler one. Yeah, I, yeah I, I watched it. It was it was a film. Oh, you did? It... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I need to state the obvious here. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a controversial pick. Okay. Um, and 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 to like solidify my placement and solidify that it is the golden award-winning film um i need to explain that uh my reasoning is right a film is a film is called a film if the director had a say in what the audience sees would you agree with that statement yes Yes. i'm trying to see where you're going with this i guess yes my number one top pick is the disney plus release of Hamilton. Ah, oh, okay. I've heard a lot of people say this. And yes, it is it's a splicing of three recordings of the Broadway musical with some extra setup shots so they could get close ups and they could just do some dynamic camera movements as well. And it's fucking great. And it is a film and yes, it's probably not going to win like 
best film in any awards because it's in that gray area of is it a film or is it just a recording of a Broadway musical? And to that I say, there is three recordings of a Broadway musical so that the director could pick and choose what the audience sees at ev- any given time. He had, he had the ability to show you what you see, therefore it is a film. I have I have argued my case before anyone <laughs> said otherwise. No, it's been a lot of people's uh, top top films of the year, so oh, yeah. it is great. For those at home that don't know, uh, Hamilton is an American historical fiction musical about Alexander Hamilton. Um, it depicts the life and career of Alexander Hamilton and his effect as one of the unspoken like founding fathers of america like he's not one of the fathers but he had a hand in like making the american laws and and just making everything the way it is for better and worse lin lin manuel Miranda. miranda oh i fucked that i don't know which one that (laughs) is that's gonna get me some hate (laughs) never mind my film pick i might have said the name wrong fucking genius it's so well written. It's all like this rappy musical style. It's, it's spoken very quickly. You need to be paying attention. I tried to show this a couple people and they were like looking at their phones and within 20 minutes, so I like paused it and was going, are you enjoying it? And they were like, what? I've, nah, it's not for me. And it's like, no, of course it's not for you. You're not watching the film, the masterpiece in front of you. You're not giving it the time and respect it deserves <laughs> and yes i am an actor boy and i do like the acting and so i was gonna say i was gonna say i think it's funny that you picked a very performance-based movie yeah we've, I we've picked, picked a very directly driven movie. spoke to us yeah pretty much yeah. i was like hey this film's production of a play and you went hey this cinema spectacle it's mwah, mwah, both of us, perfect picks. For a <laughs> year where not a lot came out, we picked the best, like, the best picks for us. Yes, But no, I just, ah, oh, it's so good. It's it's not going to be any everyone's cup of tea. There's even, it's like, it has an interval in the middle, like a Broadway musical would have. It's it's a musical. It's a Broadway musical, but I've always directed. wanted to watch it, to be fair. I always wanted to watch you it when should. it was out. But, um, it's great. I should probably watch the, you know, the Disney Plus version. Yes, I. Yeah. W- once all this is over, I want to see the stage production. Yeah. But like this was, to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, and I hope I don't get any musical fans hate. Um, I think this was the original cast. So this is when Lin Manuel was still in it, and I think all the, everyone else was in it. It's just so good. It's so. good good and it's just this character and there's some really emotional bits and like there's one bit in the second half which i I won't get into but mate my heart was in my throat i was just like fuck fuck (laughs) it's great it's so good that's my number one check it out that's that's it that's we did it we did all ten we did it we did it we did it we got here Damn. For those that skipped well, that the end, it. should we do, should we do like a quick rundown, ten to one? Let's do a quick roundup. Yep. Okay. Um, Go for it. You should first. I do mine first, and then yep, yeah, do yours. 
So at number 10, we have Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor. At number 9, we have Remy Weeks' His House. At number 8, we have Turner Ross and Bill Ross's Bloody Nose Empty Pockets. At number 7, we have Emerald Fennel's Promising Young Women. At number 6, we have Soul. Well, Peak Doctor's Soul, if we're going to keep going with the directing uh, thing. <laughs> we have, and at number five, we have Rose Glasses, St. Maud. At number four, we have Jim Cummings, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. At number three, we have Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. At number two, we have David Fincher's Mank. And number one, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Nice. That is my top ten. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the directors because I don't know them. But what I will tell you is where you can find them. <laughs> so we got Disney Plus's Clouds. We got Netflix's Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Song of Fire. We have Netflix's The Trial of the Chicago Seven. We have Netflix's His House. We have Christopher Nolan's Tenet. I don't know where you can find that. You can buy it on Blu-ray, DVD. Maybe it'll come back out in cinema when the next Nolan film comes out. You've got the South Korean Netflix Time to Hunt. You've got the Netflix David Attenborough, A Life on Our Planet. You have the South Korean Netflix The Cool. You have the Netflix Over the Moon. And you have the Disney Plus Hamilton. It was a strange year, was 2020. And that's why most of my films were on streaming services. (laughs) Yep, it's a weird year. It was so But we got through it, and there were some decent movies from it. Um, but I can't be having that lack of movies on my list, well, ever again. I won't have. It. Hopefully, you you <laughs> better not. Like that was disgraceful from you. Like you should have been watching. Like yeah, I think I only see like thirty in the end of last year. Usually 30. I end up seeing about. Yeah, usually I end up seeing about fifty, sixty, which is crazy. There's only, films from there's... films from twenty twenty anyway. Yeah, there's what it's, it's fifty two weeks in a year, so you didn't even watch. A yeah. 2020 film once a week. <laughs> yeah, it was, honestly, it was really, really poor. I watched a lot of re. I did a lot of our old movies during the 2020. Really, that's fair. Yeah. Like we, we shouldn't paint yeah. you as this naughty person that didn't watch any films. You just watch a lot of classics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen this year. But it's already March and we're still yeah. in lockdown. And the last I saw on the news, it's going to be lockdown until like May. Well, May for cinemas yeah. at least. But hopefully yeah. everything comes back to normal and we can watch everything in the cinemas again soon, hopefully. So let's keep positive, hopefully fingers keep crossed. Keep positive. Throw yeah. out those positive if... vibes into the universe. Should we plug the socials? Plug the socials. Let's wrap it up. We've been talking right, quite guys. a while. We've been talking for ages, so we're going to let, you know, st- you know st- help, help you guys and st- from st- hearing our fucking voices. <laughs> wrap it up, uh, Charlie. Wrap yeah, it up. wrap it up. Okay, so you can find us on Twitter at Fab Film is Awful. You can find us on Instagram, your favorite film is awful, and Facebook, your favorite film is awful. And on YouTube, your favorite film is awful, where you can find video versions of the podcast. So please subscribe, comment, do all that jazz. It really helps us. We really appreciate it. Um, like, even just you guys messaging us in general and commenting, like, it means so much. You have no idea. Um, exactly. We Let us know this, so. on all those socials your top 10 of 2020, 2020, 2020. 2020 20 please do 20 it's the year far in the future no your top 10 of 2020 and any films that you agree or disagree with that are on our lists we want to hear your opinion please do 
and that was we that was it. the episode <laughs> thanks for listening it was a long one we hope you enjoyed it bye bye take care guys see you soon <laughs> <laughs> later awkward wave goodbye <laughs> bye bye <laughs>